but at Clarkson, what I learned was some basic management wherewithal through the volunteer activities and yeah. leadership activities. But it was really more of a th fundamental thought process about how to take identify problems, take on problems, and flip that into turning that into opportunities and working to develop plans and execute plans to match up to those opportunities and problems. So that fundamental thought process that Clarkson ingrains in us all was highly valuable. Yeah. Hello and welcome everyone. You're listening to the Clarkson Ignite podcast coming to you from the digital making suite in the innovation hub. Hello everyone. I'm Nima. Our podcast releases every 10th, 20th and 30th. And I'm Nick. I forgot to say that. That's my name. <laughs> Our mission is to shape this podcast to the Ignite slogan, which is Think, Make, Ignite. We hope to connect individuals across Clarkson's diverse community and give you, our listeners, interesting and unique content. Our hope is that you can walk away from our episodes learning something new and valuable, something that will truly inspire you. For this week's episode, we talked with Bob Zeke. He is the co-founder of Changing Paradigms, a consumer packaged goods company of which he retired from but remains as a consultant. He also still remains with his own consulting firm, Zsource LLC. He is a graduate of Clarkson University in 1978. Uh, he was a chemical engineer, and he was actually CUSA president, a TA in Phalanx, along with many more that we honestly just couldn't list because it's going to take too long for the intro. So it was a great conversation. Yep, it was great to have Bob on, and we hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as we did. Uh, question of the week. This week, coming to you from Griffin Curtis, Senior Supply Chain Management, also on the Clarkson Alpine Ski Team, asks us, what fact amazes you every single time you think about it? Nima, I'm going to share first. Okay, go ahead. So the Cubs just won the World Series a few years ago. But the last time before that that they won the World Series, the oldest empire ever to exist, the Ottoman Empire, still existed back before World War I. Oh, wow. That's how long it was before they won a World Series. That blows my mind. Um, I'd have to say that if you were weigh to weigh all the 10,000 trillion ants in the world, they'd weigh as much as humans. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't seem so enthusiastic about it this time. 10,000 no. trillion ants. Right. <laughs> Imagine yeah. if all of those ants just decided that they wanted, like, instead of building their nests and stuff like that, they just decided they wanted to take down the human race. Do you think they could do it? Yeah, they probably could. And, you know, they're very efficient. So would they, like, climb in? One would climb in each person's ear and, like, dislodge their... Actually, they're, like, very uh, communal... Like, how do you say it? Community-minded? Like, yep, exactly. Yeah, they work together as a team. Humans don't do that well. So, yeah, they probably beat us out that way. And thank you so much for the question. This is Nima. <laughs> this is Nick. Email us again next week. All right. Thank you so much for joining us, Bob Zeke. You're welcome. Are you uh, enjoying yourself on campus so far? Uh, 
Absolutely. The ride wasn't too bad from Cincinnati. Flights were great on yeah. time, and the drive down from Ottawa was very nice. Okay. Oh, wow. from Ottawa. Ottawa. Wow. Yeah. That's a trip. Yep. Is it the closest airport? It is. Wow. It's the easiest way to get from Cincinnati. Oh, okay. Mm. <laughs> That's usually the story around here. <laughs> yeah, the easiest way to get yeah. somewhere. Mm-hmm. All right, so you were involved a lot, obviously, at Clarkson. We listed earlier in our intro uh, all the things that you were involved in. And uh, we just want to know, how did you juggle doing all of that at once while being a chemical engineer? It was pretty easy, actually, since I had retired from full-time work when I sold my last business. Uh, That's when I decided to get engaged or re-engaged at Clarkson. Mm -hmm. So that freed up a lot of time. So the juggling was a lot easier than it appears. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, I meant at Clarkson. When you were as a student at Clarkson. Oh, okay. Yeah, because yeah, you, you were in Way far back. You were at TA. I know. You yeah. had to really work the gears for the way back machine. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That uh, misunderstood your question. Sorry yeah. about that. Uh, the, uh, uh, I, I think I was one of the lucky people who was able to very quickly grasp concepts in classes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because of that, uh, I might not have had the best study habits and had a lot more free time uh, uh, back when I was a student. Yeah. Right. Free time spells trouble, though. <laughs> uh, that's why I decided to channel it into some of the activities yeah. <laughs> that mm-hmm. might not get me in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Understandable. What were some of the most memor- memorable experiences you had? Uh, I won't get into all the party stories because Clarkson was a very different environment when I was an undergraduate in in the 70s because the drinking age was 18. It was the 70s. Uh, (laughs) And it was a little bit more overt party campus. I don't know what it is exactly now. Yeah. Uh, But what I really enjoyed was some of the student leadership, and I learned a lot out of it, Mm -hmm. being the president of the Student Association, uh, what you would call CUSA now, yeah. was CCSA when I was at Clarkson College Student oh. Association. Okay. And learning the basic leadership skills. Also loved a lot of the coursework in chemical engineering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. And uh, so we're going to fast forward a little bit, obviously. But okay. once uh, Drackett was sold out to uh, SC Johnson and you decided to start up your own company, kind of in-household consumer goods, what inspired you to do that? Uh, you know, uh, for two years before the, the division, the Bristol-Myers division that was sold, uh, a friend of mine who was a sales and marketing director and I had been talking about forming our own company. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a substantial white space or opportunity in what at the time was called private label. Now it's more retailer brand. Mm-hmm. Uh and we had some ideas, but we also had inertia. He had three girls. Uh, I was having a blast at my job at Drackett because mm-hmm. uh, I, I was still growing. Uh, but that sell of the company really gave us the kick to get it off the ground. And yeah. frankly, mm-hmm. I was a bit of a hesitant entrepreneur because I knew it was going to be all-consuming. Mm-hmm. So I probably needed that little push. Yeah. Uh, at the time, yeah, understandable. Yeah, it was it was it hard getting into that new. I mean, I know there's space in the market, but was it hard getting everything started and getting it going? Uh, like any entrepreneurial yeah. function, so. uh, we had a plan we thought was conservative, both financially and from a business development standpoint. And mm-hmm. uh, we were coming out of big corporate America where yeah. we thought we were really good. 
uh, you get taken down a few pegs yeah. when yeah. that happens. And the, the rule of at least twice as long and twice as much capital, we definitely learned was the truth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Twice as long and twice as much capital. Well, yeah. So I was going to ask what you ever think you're first, ever going to need. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask what your, uh, your major tip would be for someone who's starting a... Uh, when, when you build your plan, yeah. most entrepreneurs are optimists yeah. for whatever reason. Uh, be conservative yeah. in terms of how much money you're going to need. And then be conservative in how much time you're going to think it's going to get to market. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that twice as long and twice as much is really based on your most conservative estimate because you're going to find surprises in your business model, surprises with your customer, uh, and you're going to need to be able to change based on that. And that takes more time and more money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you were a chemical engineer by study and then you were an entrepreneur by trade. How do you think you – how do you what he learned at Clarkson transitioned you to help you learn all that? You know, from the Clark, I, I did get an MBA at Xavier as well in yeah. marketing, yeah. so and, and finance, so that helped a lot yeah. as well. Uh, but at Clarkson, what I learned was some basic management wherewithal through the volunteer activities and yeah. leadership activities. But it was really more of a th- fundamental thought process about how to take identify problems, take on problems, and flip that into turning that into opportunities. And working to develop plans and execute plans to match up to those opportunities and problems. So that fundamental thought process that Clark's ingrains in us all was highly valuable. Wow. Yeah. How was the shift for you from going from PNG Jacket to co-founding Changing Paradigms? Challenging. Challenging. Uh, like I said, I was more of a hesitant entrepreneur, mm-hmm. uh, and even though I wanted to do it. Uh, it was a challenge, and what you realize is, is we, we walked out with a pretty substantial executive and management skill set, both of my partner and I. But you realize that there's a lot of stuff you don't know, and probably the biggest challenge was going from an environment where you have a ready-made peer group, company culture, company associates, to working out of our houses. That was probably one of the hardest transitions. It mm-hmm. was actually fairly lonely to start. Yeah. Wow. And that was in the days before smartphones, oh, internet. Yeah, of uh-huh. <laughs> we had a fax machine in my office next to my bedroom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, a, and a phone. <laughs> so, yeah. so yes. would you say building that connection really was the hardest part? Starting out, starting out, starting out, not of having yeah. the associates nearby and having the ability to socialize on a company basis, share ideas yeah. was the yeah. hardest part. Yeah. Uh, the other challenge was all the little things that kind of happened automatically in a company, you had to go figure out how to do when you thought you really knew about how to run a business. Yeah. So there were lots of little things that you had to do. And then you had to establish credibility yeah. with things like your vendors and your supply chain. You're no longer a part of Bristol Myers or P&G where they immediately pay attention to you and ditto your customers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So learning how to build that network of support outside of your individual company both and credibility yeah. was one of the other key challenges. Yeah. I can only imagine like the what it would take to move it up to getting out of a house and getting into an office and then moving it forward. Right. And it, w- it was very challenging. Yeah. Now, we were well-capitalized, yeah. which really helped. So, yeah. the, uh, uh, And uh, 
So that took a lot of stresses and strains out. And a lot of the entrepreneurs I see today, one of the challenges they have is they, they don't have as much capital. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're always constantly fundraising versus focusing on the fundamentals of growing your business and pivoting the business yeah. as you run into roadblocks. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the reasons the capitalization is really, really important. Wow. So when you left uh, Changing Paradigms and you started consulting in your own consulting business, how was that shift? That shift was intentional. Yeah. Uh, the Changing Paradigms experience was fantastic. Yeah, I would right. never go back to a big company ever. Uh, yeah. Consulting for them is a little different. Uh, and what the issue with Changing Paradigms was, like any small business, you're 100% committed, 150% right. committed. Yeah. Uh, and the amount of hours and energy you expend after a while can really burn you out. Mm-hmm. And I was in the operational side of the business. I was COO for the company. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was a fast-growth company, a lot of customer service, a lot of innovation. We did a lot virtually. Uh, and after a while, you, I kind of burned out on it. Yeah. Uh, and then at that point, my partner was ready for a change too. And we had venture capital in the business. So there was an intentionality to doing the exit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then – the one thing that served me well is I started thinking, not specifically, but at a high level, what I wanted to do next with my life. Yeah. Because right. I was only 48. Yeah. Oh. Uh, and did a little midlife report card, if you will. <laughs> uh, and the report card had two things on it. Number one was great career. Yeah. Not what I imagined, but fantastic. And then number two, great marriage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something really missing there, which is giving back. Yeah. Right. So when I looked at that, looked at that, and the financial security we had from the exit, the consulting was an obvious opportunity because it was part time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The board, the board for the acquiring company wanted me to stay on, so it was a it was an obvious opportunity to continue to keep stay in business. Yeah, uh, but not to the same degree of intensity and in hours. But it also freed up time to be able to give back. Yeah, mm-hmm. Clarkson was one of the first choices because of the education experience I had here. Mm-hmm. Right. And you mentioned your synagogue earlier. Was that part of it too? Yes. Uh, interestingly, I'm not Jewish. Oh, uh, my really? wife is the is is uh, we've been interfaith married uh, since 1981, mm-hmm. uh, but it is part of our community and part mm-hmm. of my community. Uh, my wife Marcy was uh, decided to go ahead and take the leadership track and become president. And the original reason I got involved was I might see when she became president and, and president-elect, I wanted to see her. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it become more of a passion because yeah. what you realize is that there's a spiritual need and these nonprofit communities really need business and strategic acumen. Yeah. And that's what I could bring to that community. Wow. And I actually outlasted her on the board. I was on the board there for 13 oh. years, including in leadership. It was a much more liberal synagogue. Many, you won't have a non jews in yeah. leadership positions. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's amazing. What was it like starting out your own consulting firm in Zsource? The, the consulting firm uh, was never meant to grow into a big business. So oh, it okay. was easy uh, to start because I, I already had a, a paying retained client, which was the my, my, my old, my old uh, company. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And my business partner stayed on for a couple of years. It was acquired by a private equity firm who who acquired three consumer packaged goods companies and tried bolting them together and he stayed on as uh, as operating general manager for the division that we co-founded mm-hmm. uh, so I had that 
And then my, my business strategy was pretty simple. Uh, people find me and I'm interested, I'll do it. Yeah. And if yeah. not, I won't. So, because it wasn't a matter of trying to make money at that point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, it was a rel- relatively easily, easy transition. Probably the biggest mistake I made is as people started finding me, I got more and more interested and my consulting business actually grew at one point to a full time job. Yeah. Uh, I had a client in Northern New York, actually, a couple of other clients that brought me on board. And then I had to kind of say, is this really what I want to do? So the problem was actually it becoming too successful mm-hmm. and taking away or making me work the 80 hours a week because if I'm going to do a volunteer thing, I'm not going to do it uh, half-baked. Yeah. I'm, I'm an all-in yeah. kind of person. Mm-hmm. You so, don't ever have to do something. You always want a full. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. And, and if you want to be an entrepreneur, you, you have to be prepared to have that mentality yeah. and that passion for your business. And I'm an engineer. that concept of passion <laughs> and passionate and high action bias isn't natural, naturally instinctive to a lot of us nerds. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. But, but you find out how important the passion is and the relationship pieces in business, yeah. particularly mm-hmm. when you're moving into entrepreneurship. Yeah. Wow. And uh, finally, how's it like coming back to Clarkson and seeing uh, the fruits of your, all you're giving back? In, you know, I'm amazingly pleased uh, about what Tony Collins has accomplished as president here mm-hmm. with support from obviously some of us on the board and yeah. other places. Uh, when I came up, uh, Clarkson had some significant issues. It's still a very hard situation in higher ed, but Tony has made so many changes to the university, both its physical camp campus through his fundraising efforts and his vision to take it to something uh, that is broader, deeper, and I think more positive to its students yeah. and to its alumni. I've been honored to be a part of that. Yeah. Wow. And that's uh, that was all the questions that we had. <laughs> yeah. Well, is there anything else you want to talk yep. about? Honestly, Definitely. we're we are. No, no. Uh, I'm open not, ears. <laughs> no, I'm, 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 I, I came in just – I didn't have any plans at all other than it's been a blast. Yeah. Right. It's, it's it been has a blast been. serving here and, and meeting students like you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I see myself in all you guys. Yeah. yeah. Is there something <laughs> – Which is bad for you, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is there something specific you're looking forward to in Boston? Uh This trip? Just, yeah. yeah uh, going to Maxfield or something like that. Uh, you know, the, the – the, and th- th- this trip's a little different, maybe you might want to, in that we have the three engineering advisory councils on campus, oh, too, yeah. and oh. the alumni council. Yeah. So it's going to be a massive uh, group of alumni, and I know many, many of them. So it's going to be kind of fun yeah. bringing all those Connecting together. Again, yeah. you know, the one thing that I've had is an opportunity, because I started at Clarkson when I uh, sold Zsource and took the part-time con- took the direction of the part-time consulting. Yeah. Uh, I had intentionality about giving back here, and one of the people that was my advisor back when I was the student association president, Don Dangerman, had been staying in touch. Yeah. And I had been telling Don for years when I'm done doing the 80 hours a week, I'd love to give back. Mm-hmm. Right. I made that one phone call. I was brought up on campus and given a three-day immersion and, and a menu of things where I might contribute. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And the first areas that I started were actually in the engineering management undergraduate program. I got yeah. very inspired by the director there. Yes. Yeah. And my wife and I actually served as judges for the freshman 
design teams. Oh, I remember that. I was actually in Enum then. And then also got involved in the Coulter School Leadership Council. Mm-hmm. And that's how I got my first two entry points into the university. Yeah. And then as Tony and I got to know each other, he suggested that I help with the innovation processes and it became a natural for me to also serve on the business leadership council yeah. to help really th- have both of those schools think about how they work together. And this ignite process and hub is kind of yeah. one of the outcomes of some of that volunteer work. The other, when I was brought onto the board, uh, I had immediately assumed that I should step off of those engineering and business councils. And Gudar Zamadi, who was the dean at the time, challenged me on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Gudars is a very gracious person. Uh, but he, and he wrote me this email that had five bullet points that said, here's why this makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> and Those that has emails. been one of the best things and best pieces of advice he gave because it allowed the board to have a vantage point and me to have a vantage point both at the whole university level but also to be able to take some of the board ideas down to the councils mm-hmm. and some of the council feedback back to the board. So yeah. he was absolutely right. All that worked very well. Yeah. It's a little bit of a juggling act, but that was probably one of the best decisions that I made in terms of how I've been able to help the university based on Gudars's recommendations. That's wow. great. Yeah. And yeah. I still serve on multiple councils, by the way. So, yeah. <laughs> so I remember doing a yeah. project like that when I was a freshman. They still have it where they have people come in and right. watch Team it present. Design, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, awesome. and it was fairly. It was very intense back then because it was a full pitch to an investment community, and we had to take votes, and then, uh, and we were directed to vote like we were really investors and we were mm-hmm. spending our money. And to be brutally honest, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which was a, uh, it was interesting because the students and no student team ever got a yes. Yeah, under those criteria, because the students at that as freshmen, you're, yeah, you're we're going to be an inch deep and a and a mile wide. Yeah, and they, didn't, right. and they didn't have the skill sets or the ideas fleshed out. But I had students come to me several years later when they were seniors, up to me in say the ERC and say, Bob, I could get a yes now. Yeah. That's when you know you've really done something impactful. Yeah. Right. Wow. So, yeah. That's the extra litany there. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. 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 So, any, any other questions you guys have that have come out from this? Uh, that was all we yeah. had. Yeah. Right, the, I mean, exactly. the, the other thing that's maybe a fun fact is that my wife has been also very active on her alma mater at yeah. Purdue. Oh, okay. Oh. She's chaired advisory councils and been in advisory councils. And the one thing that has amazed both of us for being on both campuses is despite the tenfold difference in size, how similar the culture is between the two universities. Oh, really? They're both highly STEM-oriented, much more middle-class, non-elite universities, and the faculty and students are very, very similar, mm-hmm. and the campuses are very similar yeah. in terms of the cultural aspects. Yeah. Uh, that's so, interesting. Yeah. Their basketball team is just a little bit better. Than uh, yeah. <laughs> just but a little. we have more national championships than yeah. they do. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. right? Usually one national champion. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I, I, I've, I've kind of egged on their president a little bit on that one. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for talking to us. So how many of you how many have you done and how many are you doing? Well uh
Thank you so much for listening. Our dearest, <laughs> sincere uh, goodbyes. I'm Nima. I'm Nick. Listen to you next time.